Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> no, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Robert, how are you today? This is a beautiful Saturday in Los Angeles. We're recording a little early. Mm, We're recording on the weekend. Yeah. It's 2 o'clock. It's Saturday. The birds are singing. The sun is up. Boy, is it. It's really beautiful. lovely. Sunny. It's kind of windy and a little chilly, but, uh, you know, 59 degrees in Los Angeles, that's chilly as opposed to Ontario or other parts of Canada North where it's, uh, you know, in the 20s. Yeah, it's one of those lovely winter days in California that people are like, that's not a winter day. Yeah. You don't have a winter day. So this is Talking Tesla 122. This is the second day in a row we've seen each other's beautiful faces, and I use that very loosely (laughs) uh, because we were at the Los Angeles Tesla Owners Club event, Situation Week. No, it's just a... (laughs) It was just an evening. A social mixer in Agura at a lovely service center, much nicer than the Van Nuys service center. Yeah, that's the new Tesla Agura service center run by Ryan, who was a very gracious host. Host of graciousness. A lot of the folks from the service center hung out that night and kind of socialized with us. We had uh, wine and soft drinks and water and barbecue. And there were over, there were somewhere between 50 and 70 people. I think it was close to 70 people who came. And at least a half a dozen Model 3s. Yeah, I saw red. I saw silver. I saw dark blue. Pink. I, there was a pink one. <laughs> totally pink. Like Pepto. wrapped Pepto, Pepto pink. Bismol pink. Yep. Not, not my favorite. There was one that had uh, red leather interior seats. Yeah. Also not my favorite. It was pretty showy. That came from a uh, Tesla, how would I say, a Tesla aftermarket fellow who stopped by to grace us with, grace us with <laughs> some of his creations. Easy there for was, you to say. There was a lovely white Model 3, which mm. it happens to be parked right outside what? the window here. Yeah, that was Must a lovely white us. Model 3. There was a couple yeah. of, there was uh, another Model 3 that we noticed uh, had a 3,000 plus VIN number. Yes. I have a 2,000, mm-hmm. a low 2,000 VIN number. This had a low 3,000 VIN number. And it had the miraculous secondary premium uh, material <laughs> on the hood. Oh, my God. Or on the, the headliner and the A, B, and C pillars. That little, like, dust storm is continuing <laughs> to blow. In fact, this was uh, one of the Orange County Club member, yeah. Mark, his car. He does some aftermarket uh, modifications, too. And we went into that car, uh-huh. and we're sitting there, and Tom looked up as we're, like, gawking all over what's different. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, there's no Alcantara. And... And Mark didn't even realize that. And he like, what? What? And so we compared the two. And I have to say that the uh, premium woven fabric headliner, if you mm-hmm. feel along where your head might hit the covering above the door, mm-hmm. well, maybe not your head, my head, because I'm 6'4". Yeah. That 
that surface is more padded with the premium woven fabric than it is with the Alcantara. Alcantara. Though the Al- you have to call it Alcantara. We've been uh, reprimanded. Like Corinthian leather. Z. The Alcantara. Although it's made by a Japanese company. Terra, not Terra, Tara. Alcantara. Alcantara. Yes, it sounds much better. I'll have it with my tequila. Si. And so it's really a nice soft touch, and I think it hides grubby fingerprints and stuff better. I think that's incorrect. I was going to say that. So at the end of the night, there were a lot of people in and out of my car. I had to kick a couple of folks uh, with their beverages out of my vehicle at at different times. They were very gracious about it. I was like, sir, could you please get the hell out of my car with your beverage (laughs) uh, and with your cookie? But I noticed at the end of the night, Mark's had a few fingerprints on the gray in the A pillar, the B pillar. Yes. And mine didn't have any dirty grubbiness. I mean, it may have been there, but it was a little more hidden by the texture of the Alcantara. I agree. And uh, that, that I think, is a concern. I'm not sure how easy it is to clean the woven mm-hmm. fabric, but looks-wise, when you sit in the car, yeah. honestly, I don't think Very anybody would notice. really notice yeah. unless you're looking for it. Yeah, and I was. I was curious. And also, I noticed almost all of them had the same covering issue that mine did, which means maybe it's not an issue so much as it's just a design situation. Like yeah. the center console isn't so much an issue as it's a materials choice situation, right? So there are build issues, A, right? That's one thing. And then there are non-build issues, B. And so we will hear from one very tiny Australian man. A hobbit man. And about a situation that arose this week for him. Um. Robert, talking Tesla World. Uh, I was minding my own business when I put the window up on the car and the window didn't stop going up and then it went clunk. And so it came off the motorized rails. But the worst part was you couldn't close the door properly. Um, so I kind of had to, I was at UCLA um, and I needed to drive people home. So I kind of had to slam the door shut try and get the door to shut enough for us to drive and so then I took it into the shop on Tuesday and then I think it was Tuesday and then they said we don't have the part can we keep it overnight then I got a call the next day saying we still haven't got it and then I got a call the next day saying we'll get it on Friday and we'll get back to you on Saturday it's now Saturday and I haven't heard from them um painful it's sad but mostly it's concerning your car tom has already gone back for days my car has now gone back for days build quality issues implications for if they do this for a significant percent of the cars that are coming off the line they're going to kill the service centers and of course their reputation so that's one mel herbert via our favorite messaging app voxer which we don't endorse no. We don't get money for. No, in fact, we pay a lot of money to them. We just we use it. All buy it <laughs> for ten bucks a month. So that's a lot of money. Yeah, I, I think pay, we should reach out. I don't out. pay money for it. I, oh, you don't? I didn't get the pro. I version. should get rid of my pro yeah, version because you, you don't need it. I thought that's why I couldn't hear a bunch of your voxes, but that's because <laughs> you were trying to avoid me. No, well, uh, I'll help you with those notifications. So let's do this, Robert. Yeah, let's do a walkthrough, a audio walkthrough of the Model Three center screen. So now I've had it for a week. 
this morning I decided, well, let's give people details. This may not be the best way to do this uh, via audio and not video visuals. You mean because people are like listening to the show and not watching something? Right. Well, they're listening. But if they're driving in their car, maybe they're driving in their Model S, maybe they're driving in a car with a different size screen. They can sort of don't close your eyes and sort of try to visualize what we're going to go through. That would be bad. But let's talk about the center screen. So, A, first things first, there is no Internet browser on the Model 3. And I'm thinking that if they put out an Internet browser that is anything like that on my Model S, it would be such a disappointment that the stock would drop at least 10% because (laughs) the Model S Internet browser is shite. The Model S Internet browser has been used by me in the year and a half, two years that we've had the car probably four times, mostly only in an emergency situation where I forgot my phone and I just needed to look up one or two things because it is, as you say, excruciating to use. It is a... I don't know what browser it is, Safari, Chrome. It is terrible. Yeah, my my word for it is lame. I give it a 2 out of 10. That's very low praise. I don't know if that's intentional or if that's related to the—I keep seeing things in the forums about kernel updates. The only kernel I know is Colonel Saunders, but I think it's a different kind of kernel. Colonel Saunders, huh? Not yeah. Colonel Sanders? Oh, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> tomato, tomato. You made him sound tomato, much more high class. Potato, potato. I am Colonel Saunders. Okay, so what I will tell you then, we'll move along. Very responsive touchscreen. Much more responsive than the S, Robert. Would you agree? It brings a tear to my eye that I spent $114,000 on my S90D, and I really... Really, I, before I thought the screen was a little bit slow. Now, yeah. it's interminably slow. Interminably? I don't even know what that means, but it sounds terrible. Okay, It's like an old Windows ME system compared to yours. And then as far as overall controls, there is a two stocks on the steering wheel, one on the left, one on the right side. The one on the left turns signals, obviously, and at the end is a button. And that is the only button you can use to turn on the washer fluid, and you can't use it to turn on the windshield wipers, but you push that button on the end, the fluid comes out, and the wipers go a couple of times basically to clean your window. I didn't try this when I test drove your car, but in mine, the push button has two positions. You can push it slightly, and it'll give you one swipe of the windshield wiper. Mm -hmm. If you push it all the way fully, it will give you the spray. The windshield wipers will go twice. And then after about, I don't know, a few seconds, it'll go a third time. I believe it's the same. Okay. I believe it is the same because I didn't test that. But from my memory of pushing it on occasion and being like, where's my fluid? That must be how it works. (laughs) Where is your fluid, Tom? Where is my fluid? Okay, so, but all the other windshield wiper controls are on the touchscreen, and we will get to that, right? Although, with the AI system Mm -hmm. that's been released recently, I find that the automatic windshield wipers are all I need. If you need a single push of the button to get one swipe, if it's a little misty, so be it. In fact, I just made a video that maybe we'll post that shows how a very slow mist, we had a very slow mist yesterday when I went to Pasadena, that kind of started to really obscure the windshield. And I ended up having to push the button once and the AI did not swipe the wipers. So tell me more about the center screen. Okay, so let me finish with the stock. The right-hand stock has the driving controls, park, neutral, reverse, and drive. And also 
double down for turning on the cruise control one time down and two times ding, ding. That's what turns on the autopilot. Right. Uh, lane assist. And that's basically the end of it. And now there are the two control buttons on the front of the steering wheel that control an awful lot of things. The mirrors, the steering wheel position, the radio, changing the channels. Voice commands. Voice commands, all of that stuff. Uh, we'll go into that in detail at another time, but they they basically do those things now. And one so, caveat is that they're going to definitely add more functionality. That's what they, you think. I disagree, but oh, for sure, because those buttons offer. I think I I went through it with you, like fourteen different discrete functions that yeah. they can do. Each one, or maybe each one was seven. None of it will matter once the car's driving itself. You won't need it to do any of it. Yeah, seven. Okay, so the center screen, it's 14 inches by 9.25 inches edge to edge. There's a little bit of a bevel to it, right? The left side panel where your driving information is. That, so like the position, your car showing autopilot. Right, your normal, where all of the information that would normally be right behind your steering wheel, your binnacle, binnacle display, right? right, takes up four and a quarter inches by seven and two five inches of the, of the screen. So of the nine and two five inches, about seven and a quarter inches are usable in that realm. The bottom inch and a half of the entire 14 inches yes. has like some single level control stuff that we will definitely get into. All right. So the left panel, it has the state of drive that you're in, the park, the reverse, the neutral, the drive, and the charging state, which you can set for miles or percentage. I don't really understand why people would want to have percentage, but that's like how a, it was when I got it. It's like the old style gas uh, gauge, you know, it was just a a needle that told you how how close to E or how close to F were you on your car. But even most cars, like my O four truck, has a how many miles of range are left? Really, as a gauge, right on the wow. side, it doesn't say it like there has the normal fuel gauge, but it also has a readout that says twelve miles, zero miles, yeah, if it's empty, obviously. Okay. So that's that. And that left panel on the very bottom, I will say the bottom quarter, has four swipeable options that are little horizontal boxes about four and a quarter inches by two and a half inches tall. Mm -hmm. And the first one has three buttons on it. The rear camera, if you want to push that little button, you can see out the back if you're not in reverse, right? You just want to see what's behind you, but you don't want to put the car in reverse. Be careful, though, when you look at that rear view. Until you get the latest update, which I think was 5.1. I do not have that. It is really distorted. Very fisheye. made me feel very uncomfortable when I first looked at it. It's also very contrasty. Yeah. Very contrasty in my So opinion. I'm looking forward to them making that better. And then it has a button for charging, and you push that, and it shows you the normal Tesla thing comes up, the car with the battery and the green thing on the big thing. And then it has a thing for voice commands, which you can activate via the button on the steering wheel, or you can just push that and, and do a voice command. I don't know why you would want to do that, but you can. It also has the wiper control. So if you push the wiper button, then another screen opens and that shows you the wiper controls, which are very typical auto, slow, fast, intermittent, and different speed of intermittentness is all set there. Not on the stock, which is normal for almost all vehicles, is including that, S's. Is that a word? Intermittentness? Intermittentness? Yeah. It is now. Is that like the cousin of the Loch Ness monster? Mm -hmm. Intermittentness? Yeah, it's a different They live nest. near Inverness? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 
Okay, so the third screen that you can swipe either left or right, depending on which end of the swiping you are, is for the trip recorders. And I think these are interesting because you can rename them. In most cars, it's like trip A or trip B, but you have an option in your Tesla <laughs> to rename them. So I renamed Isn't mine like, like Sarah Palin's child. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know somebody else who actually has a, a child named Trip. So he's probably listening to the show and now he's mad at you. So no, good, good for me. you on that. Yeah. I needed a good joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a, not a good one. Um, and so Trip A, I renamed like Sunday Supercharged because I wanted to sort of track – how long that charge would be, what kind of mileage I would get, how much kilowatt usage. But then sometime during the middle of the week, I forgot I was doing that and I charged my car. So, <laughs> But you know I, I will tell you, I'm getting about 244 watt hours a mile. That's great. Pretty good. And that's without the aero wheels. It's actually probably a little bit heavy on the foot because I remember when I first got my S, 85, yeah. not a dual drive. So it mm-hmm. was less efficient than my current car, far less efficient than yours. And they told me at the time, 250 is economic driving. And I have been launching the hell out of I that bet thing, you have. So. I bet you can probably get closer to 200 once you kind of calm that foot down. Mm, meh, maybe. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Okay, so then uh, that's the trip recorders, right? And then the last one is the tire pressure. So you bring that one up, and it shows all four tires and the pressure. And very often, so far, one tire has read differently by a pound. Yeah, I think that might be the error within the system Yeah, that it might be like that. I was really surprised reading through the notes that they included the tire pressure monitoring system. They call it TPMS Mm -hmm. in the car because that is so expensive, at least for me, because I actually tore one off Mm -hmm. my car. An interesting story I will not talk about. Please, no digression. Not this time. And I had, so basically it's connected to the valve stem and I had to have it replaced. And it was like 120 bucks for the part. Right. So that's $500 practically yeah. on your car. I wonder if it's going to come on the non-premium car. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. Yeah, I'm curious. Okay. And the last thing is a fifth panel that only shows up if you put the car in drive and you don't have your seatbelt on or one of your passengers doesn't have their seatbelt on. It shows the interior of the car, much like it does when you adjust your stereo, like a top view, a bird's eye view of all four seats. So it indicates the offender. Right. So you can say, Timmy. Your seatbelt isn't on and you don't have to say, hey, put your damn seatbelt on. And one of your kids is mad because they did it. And, you know, like that's a whole thing. I know this happens in my car. If you sit in the rear Mm -hmm. rightward passenger seat, Mm -hmm. you can very easily, especially if you're a little on the wide side. Yeah. When you put your seatbelt in, you can put it into the clip for the center seatbelt. Yeah. And not realize it. And it shows that that person doesn't have their seatbelt on. Same on the Model 3. This happened, and it was my daughter who is not wide, so it's not as obvious. I haven't sat back there and done this. But... Yeah, it's happened to other people in my family who are not wide. And so don't allow that to be like a point of contention. You just have to tell them, take it out of the center one, right. put just it in the side one. Check Otherwise... your seatbelt. Somebody is either unbelted or in the wrong thing. And we all know seatbelts save lives, Robert. Absolutely. And we don't want to be like, you know, that United Airlines, was it United Airlines where they beat the guy and they dragged him off the plane? Yeah, we don't want to be We like don't that. do that. No. no, no, no. That's not our deal. Okay. So then the bottom of the entire screen. So now we've gotten to the left panel. 
We haven't gotten to the right panel, but the very bottom like inch and a half. a ribbon. A ribbon, like a banner ad at the very bottom of Those the screen. Those are obnoxious, but this is not. Would be 1.5 inches tall and about 14 inches along. And in order, you have the car symbol, which opens up the main car controls, which we will get to. The front defroster, the rear defroster, the driver's seat heater, the driver's side uh, temperature for air conditioning, the main air conditioning control button, the passenger side temperature, the passenger side seat heater, then the radio or media center, because it doesn't really actually have a radio, (laughs) the telephone control, so you can make a phone call, and then the radio volume, which they, interestingly enough, put that all the way to the right side in the S, even though you can turn it on on the steering wheel of both cars. Right. So the passenger has some audio control, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's a great positioning. It's duplicative, right? Ooh. but it gives the passenger some some power over For the sure. control. Yeah. And in most radios, if they're old traditional knobs, the that volume control is going to be on the left side closest to the driver. And again, I think it's great that in this car, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be in the base model, you're able to control temperature separately, passenger to driver. So like if you're driving down the highway and whoever, one of you is sitting in the sun, the yeah. bright hot sun and the other one is shaded, you can turn your side a little cooler. I don't know how much of a differential you can maintain between the two. I think it's pretty good, honestly. Like yeah. you know, there's a sync, so you'd have to open up the controls for the AC and then unclick the sync button. Otherwise, all of the temperatures go together. Yeah. And uh, one thing that is bugging me about it is there's no off button for the car, for the for no the for passenger? the air conditioner, for the passenger. Period. Like. Oh. There's if you there's a button and it's it's listed as auto or manual and you push it it's a little fan icon that's what the AC control button looks like a little fan icon yeah and you push it and it opens but it's always on at least one and there's no like the power button doesn't it goes back to nothing so in the it S, always feels like there's air coming out of it is basically what I'm getting at so you're always passing some kind of air. <sighs> I knew you were going there. In the S, if you look at the center console, mm-hmm. the AC button is either grayed out mm-hmm. or it's, I believe, blue. blue. Yeah. And if you just toggle it, so you can just tap it and it'll turn blue and the AC comes on, whatever your settings are. Right. Or you toggle it, tap it, goes gray, no air comes out. But right. you're saying you don't experience that. I, it, it's a very different experience for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. I'd like to so check that out. We can check it out when we're done here. Okay, so let's get to the main navigation screen. I've been waiting for this. So this is the top. Now we're talking about the top. So there's the main top of the thing. Now we're not talking about the left uh, four and a quarter inches. We're now we're in the main where the map is. If you've ever seen this, this is where the map would be basically on the thing. The top left icon is to lock the car if you're in it. So let's say you use your phone to get in the car. You open the door. You're just sitting in there reading a paper, waiting for somebody. You don't want somebody to walk up and unlock your doors. You can click the lock button while you're in it, and it will lock the car. Okay. Okay, so very That's convenient. That's a standard thing. It's kind of right there. Yeah, it's great. And then the next one is a home link icon, and it looks like a little house with an opening for the garage door. That doesn't work at my house because I don't have the right kind of garage door for it to work. So I used it at an apartment that belongs to someone I know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of good. It yeah. didn't work when you were in, like, in the apartment mm-hmm. uh, or in the apartment building when you're driving out. The door does not get triggered by some weight sensor. Mm-hmm. You actually have to trigger it. Yeah. And because the car is in a building with concrete around, mm-hmm. it couldn't get the signal or send the signal. And so it works, but it's not a... 
You're talking about in, in an S, though, not in the three. S. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to make sure that we're very, very. The three is probably better, and and if that does work, then God, another reason why I should get rid of my car. <laughs> Then the next thing is the Bluetooth status icon and then a cellular LTE status with the – just like on your phone, it have the bars unless you have dots. Then it's not just like your phone. And then as of now, no Wi-Fi. So if you – in the S, if you click on that, that gives you the ability to hook up to a Wi-Fi network just like on any phone, any computer. There's a drop-down that comes up, shows you the area – uh, the local networks that are in the area, and then you can log in, add a password or whatever. That is not working currently. Now, we were told uh, by a, another Tesla enthusiast at the Tesla Agura meeting that we were at that, that he thinks that will eventually become active, but who knows? So you're saying that going to Tesla Club events in mm-hmm. your area is a great way to network with other Tesla. Um, yeah, it's a good way to see how yeah. other people have dived into the car and what they know because you can't know everything. I mean, we do this hours every week, and we can't possibly know everything, Robert. So I just want to be clear with the Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi. If you can, when they do give you Mm Wi-Fi, for me, what this enables me to do is when I pull into my drive Mm -hmm. and it hooks up to my home Wi-Fi, if there's a download of like an update, Mm -hmm. an operating system update, it can go faster. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't honestly been able to tell you how much faster it goes, but theoretically... It should go faster. A lot faster. I mean, I was getting like two-hour upgrade. The first time the Model 3 upgraded was like two hours. And the last upgrade on the S, I turned the Wi-Fi off, and I think it said something like six hours. Oh, wow. It's, well, a, it's yeah. a 2013, though, so it's not – I don't yeah, think that two. one's LTE. Right. Minus two. But so, when I get upgrades at home, the last few, it's been like 45 mm-hmm. minutes to an hour. But I just want to be clear, this is, does not mean Wi-Fi. The car does not have Wi-Fi so that if you're like a passenger with a laptop, yeah. that you can log into the Wi-Fi of the car no. and surf the web and do stuff. It will no. never do that. It's not a hotspot. Although, let's never say never, right? No. Because when it's autonomous, that actually may be a feature. Well, actually... Elon said that he was going to make that available, yet they hadn't figured out a pricing scheme, and it never went anywhere. In fact, the whole Wi-Fi business of the car and the ability to go on the web was sort of poo-pooed early on. They said, we're going to give this to you for like three months and then charge you for it. So that might be another reason why the car has no browser or my browser on the S is so lame is that they don't want us sucking a lot of their... AT&T Wi-Fi <laughs> or, or uh, data yeah. money. Yeah. So they figure out the plan. And maybe when it is autonomous, you can decide once you get in it, like you can call it and you can say, oh, I'd like a Wi-Fi enabled ride or I'd like a non-Wi-Fi enabled ride. Right. And then you just like pay a little extra, like a dollar or whatever, or whatever that right. thing's called. He, who knows? We're very much speculating. So we've gotten... So far, we've gotten the left lock icon, the home link icon, the Bluetooth status, the LTE status. And now the next thing is the Tesla logo, which opens up the car info, which is sort of similar to when you open your about this on the computer and it tells you what software you're running. There's a picture of the car. The name of the car is up there. The miles that are on the car, that's the place to get the miles that are on the car and the VIN number. And also how you access the Easter eggs that are available on the car. Mine has three right now. So what did you name your car, Tom? Belana Blanca, the white whale, in honor of Moby Dick. Because for so long, yes. the Model 3 was a mythical creature. Yes. Right? You, it was announced. Right. And it was reserved. And it was people looking for it and looking for it and looking for it and looking for it. And then they 
miraculously it started to show up. Is it real? I still don't believe in some ways that it's real, Robert. Are you having this like sense that one day you'll walk out of the house <laughs> and you'll go and you'll say, "It's where's my Model 3? Oh, it was a dream. Yeah, I do have that sense every once in a while. So, yes, it is called the White Whale. I'm curious what people in talking Tesla nation land have named their cars. Oh, I am too. So here you go. If you're on the Twitter and you're following us at Talking Tesla, send us an e- uh, a message, a tweet, a, a tweet. Twitter, or whatever you call that thing that you do. On it's there. not like it's something that you know is going to reveal no. uh, your bank account or something. Yeah, and we want to see the creativity of our listeners. My car is named Miss Ms. M S period mm-hmm. capital E V little A. Mm, it's adorable. Miss Eva. What about your new car? That's the new car. The old car is still named Life, the Universe, and Everything, which mm-hmm. was a 2013, I think it was a 2013 Easter egg that if you, somebody just discovered this, mm-hmm. if, if when you went to name your car, you put in the number 42, which you may recall is the answer to the big question of the universe. I thought it was Jackie Robinson to know her. And uh, and that was from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You would get life, the universe, and everything, mm-hmm. which is uh, what the answer is. Sort of like a um, right. uh, Jeopardy question. Nice. I like it. Okay, so next is the driver profile button. And there you can save all of your driver profiles. I have three, four now. I have me. Yes. I have Laney. Yeah. I have you. Yeah, You're you welcome. Do. Yeah, you do. And I have one that they call easy entry, which I really like. I set that up today. And basically, you sit in the car, you push the easy entry button, you you set up the steering wheel. I pushed it all the way up and all the way in, mm-hmm. and it gets out of the way. So when you open the door, the steering wheel automatically goes, and it gets out of your way. Do you have the seat position change? Like nope. you have it, you have it eject you out onto no. the side of the car. My seat's actually almost all the way as far back as it can go, anyway. So that wouldn't change that. But I do like the fact that the steering wheel gets out of the way. Have you noticed that your seating position Mm -hmm. or your easy entry position is set to your phone versus your wife's phone because my wife is not as uh she's not as tall as i am Mm -hmm. and when she gets out of the car if she doesn't push the button to put it back in my position Mm -hmm. for me to get in the car is quite an acrobatic feat yeah and and what i did notice because i look today is my wife doesn't use the the app she uses the card okay but there's no mechanism in the car to set it to the card like there is for the fobs, right? Ah. For, the fo- for the fobs in the S, you go into the driver profile and you can say, save this profile to this fob. Yes. And you check a little box. That is not on the Model 3. Yes. So it may just automatically do it based on the card that that person is carrying. Who knows? I will check that. Card carrying Something person. to do for next week. Yes. So that's the thing. The next is the time and temp. On the very far right, top right of that screen is a very ugly box that says passenger airbag off. Well, if there's no passenger. Yeah, well, what do you care? It's ugly. I guess maybe it's a warning because if you have a very small passenger... Maybe they should be in the back seat. Yes, that's correct. Right? There's a weight limitation. Correct. Like yeah. So if, it, if there's someone pounds, in that seat yeah. and you see that on, move them. Yeah, that's probably be safer for them to sit in the back seat. But it doesn't have to be ugly. That's all I'm saying. Well, get your attention. Ugly. Yeah, that's yeah. true. All right. So then the map. Well, let's get to the map. The map is a maximum size of seven and a quarter inches by eight and three quarters inches. And that's due to the left side panel. So that's the amount of space that the map takes up. And when you say left side panel, you mean 
the left side of the entire 15-inch touchscreen is Correct. reserved for mm-hmm. your driving information. Right. That's basically the binnacle display has taken up that four and a quarter left side, four and a quarter inches of the left side. Right. Do you think that's large enough? The, Which one? The remainder seven and a quarter by eight and three quarters map screen. Do you feel that it's large enough? It or is should they... as of right now. I mean, it's not It's not like the S, right, yeah. where you can make that map the whole screen, but right. you can zoom into the area that you want to. Right. I think it's fine, honestly. Before you wrote this down, I never sat there thinking to myself, man, I wish this screen would be bigger. Although I do sometimes wish there was a way to minimize that binnacle display. So it was like half the size just in the corner and then the map would take up the whole thing. But uh, sniggly, that's minor. They'll come up with a user interface update that'll change everything as they've done with the S multiple times. But my thinking, and I don't want it to sound like, you know, you're looking a gift horse in the mouth. Mm -hmm. Wasn't a gift, by the way. Yeah. The size of the display, I wonder if it could get bigger, if it will get bigger, especially when the steering wheel disappears and we'll be able to watch at the time reruns of Electric Dreams on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Because that would be pretty cool to see it on an 18-inch screen. Yeah. And then so you can navigate by voice or manually search a place for address inside the map. Within the map is a little navigate button in the top left corner of the map. says navigate. You push on that. It'll either go home or work. You can preset those two right. things into it. And then it has a whole list of recent places that you've navigated to. Yes. And if you push the search bar, the keyboard pops up from the bottom of the screen. And by the way, that's something that you might want to be aware of if you get a loaner car and you start putting in all kinds of addresses and whoever gets the loaner car next yeah. can find out where you went. And I don't know if that's a problem as long as you're not like, you know, yeah. Elon's relative. Or if I got Elon's car, I could just go right to his house, that's navigate true. to Elon's. Take me home. <laughs> Phone home. Uh, right. So when driving on the streets, you shows a visual symbol for a speed limit of the current area. Now, that's in the left-hand side, the binnacle part of it, right? You you do get that symbol, uh, a little square or rectangle, like 35, 65, basically depends on sort of what zone you're in. I don't think it's reading it. I think it's based on DOT, GPS kind of information. Right. I think it actually the AI cameras are supposed to read the signs mm-hmm. on the side of the road. Yeah. Like That's the my stop understanding. Sign, Robert? No, they don't read those, <laughs> but to read the, the uh, speed limit signs. And I think that's really handy, especially when you're driving along and they don't always put those signs all that frequently. Yeah. And you, you pass a cop and you're like, oh, am I speeding? And you right. look there and you can see what the road speed is. But beware that it is not perfect. And I've been in many places where the speed... You know, in speed trap situations, if you haven't experienced this, you'll be, you know, 65 on a wide open road and then it'll go 55, 45, 35, 25, all within a very short span. Mm -hmm. And if you're going too fast at some point, there's a cop waiting, yeah, just waiting to give you a ticket with a speed gun, a radar gun or a laser gun. And so these things are not perfect. And in fact, when we drove up to... Uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base, I sent in, and again, you can push the dictate button Mm -hmm. and say bug report. Mm -hmm. And I sent a bug report a couple of times that the speed had not changed on the nav system like it did on the street. Okay. So then, so we've gone through all of those things. Now, if you push the car symbol, so this is important. I spoke originally the bottom inch and a half, 14 inches all the way across. Closest to the driver is a little symbol of the car driving kind of towards you. Okay. So you push on that and you get 
another white screen that pops up in the middle of the map. And that's all of your automobile controls. This is the deep dive part of this coverage. This is the deep, deep dive of this coverage, right? So there's eight options that you can now push and are all of the different things you can adjust on the car. And let's try to go through it relatively quickly. At the top of the list of eight is quick controls. That controls your lights, your fog lights, your mirror, your steering wheel adjustments, whether or not you want your mirrors to fold in or out, which obviously you want them out, but if you're in it, you can fold them if you haven't turned the car off anyways. Uh, and then the window locks, you know, for the kids to keep the kids from playing with your windows, rolling them up and down. And then the overall brightness of the display is in there as well. And you can set it to auto or you can hand slide it to any percentage. If you like it brighter, you can have it brighter. If you want it darker, you can have it darker. What kind of brightness do you keep it at, Tom? Mine's at like 35 and it's plenty yeah. bright. But I'm... also when it, that's most of the time, but I think it's on auto a lot. But every time I open it, it's in the 30s. Yeah, I keep mine way low. As well, probably 20-ish percent. And then the next uh, option is it says lights, and it's basically the same controls as the quick plus the addition of the interior lights. So in the quick controls, you can control the lights. If you push the lights button, you get all of those plus the interior lights. And now I'll tell you, on, on all of the Model 3s, the wheel well lights are always on, even when you're driving. Wheel well. Right. I'm sorry, the foot well lights. Foot well. Footwell, like so where your feet are, where the brake pedal and the accelerator is if you're driving and where your feet are if you're a passenger, those lights are always on with the ambient lights, which are in the door LEDs, which on the premium, you know, it has all of that stuff. I doubt it will be on the $35,000 right. car. But if you turn off ambient, it turns off the footwell and the door lights, which would be better if the footwell lights went off if you while you were that, driving. That's the setting they put in for like the CIA you know, it's the setting I think they put in if you wear really fancy shoes and you want to see them, uh, which I do because I like my shoes. I'm a shoe guy. Okay, the next uh, option are locks, right? So you can have have a couple of options there. You can walk up unlock as opposed to you needing to be active and using the card or your phone. Walk away lock, which you can turn on or off, and child protection lock, which means they lock the back doors, or unlock on park. And uh, Robert had a question here. If I could specify driver's door versus all doors unlock on parking, uh, I cannot, but I assume it's all doors. I think on, on mine, you can specify either driver's door there or all doors. There is no option of specification. Ah, there you go. So it's right probably now. stuck on all doors. Right. So then the next thing is display, and then you can adjust the brightness, day, night, auto, a screen clean button, which turns everything off and makes the screen black so you can clean it, all the fingerprints off of it. And then this is where you can decide what units of measure your car is. If you're us, you use miles and Fahrenheit, and you don't understand the kilometer and Celsius as we've <laughs> gone over many, many times. But they're there. And if you wanted to learn kilometers, uh, this would be a good way to do it. Right. And Celsius as well. Um, yeah. I don't know if you could ever learn Celsius. I'm pretty sure that's unlearnable. Yeah. 21 doesn't seem uh, very warm. Yeah. But – it beats six. The next option is driving modes, and you get three comfort standard sport. I've been using sport all this week, and you use, and this is also where you set your regen braking options, standard and low, as well as auto creep yes. if you're at a stop sign. And I don't understand why anybody would use creep. My wife loves creep. I don't understand it. I creep. Do you? Yeah. I don't understand that. I creep. I sport. I creep. You're a and creepy I, sport? And I max regen, which I, I like. Although I think recently the max regen 
uh, sort of slowed down a bit. And here's something very interesting that a lot of people may not know. If you fully, fully 100% charge your car yeah. on trip, yeah. regen does not work until you've worn your battery down enough to enable it to fill more, right? So that right. can be, I think that's actually a design flaw in a lot of ways. I think they should have left some spare capacity from fully charged, some percentage where you can't actually fully charge. So regen is always the same. I certainly don't like it when the car just rolls and it doesn't regen, but maybe that's sort of a little slap on the hand that says, don't fill that battery too much. Maybe. I mean, if you go to a supercharger, that last two, three, four, five percent is excruciatingly slow to fill. Yeah, I'd only do that if you're like at Baker and you have to walk all the way to the Mad Greek and back. Yeah. Then then you can, you know, charge it up to 100%. Yeah, without... you definitely don't want to sit in the car and wait for that last 1%. You want to be doing something for sure. Sleeping. Okay, and then the next uh, option is the autopilot option, and you get your follow distance is your option. So one to seven car lengths is yeah. what I'm assuming it means. What do you like? Why is it one to ten? Why isn't it one to ten? I don't or understand. Or eleven? Or what? Yeah. Why doesn't it go to eleven? I uh, Mel got in the car on day one and set it to seven. Of course. I'm pretty comfortable with that, to I be honest with you. I have never driven it with seven. Oh, my God. I, I drive it with seven, and I think it's good, honestly, and this is why it's good, is when you're driving in autopilot and somebody comes in front of you at, like, two car lengths, it will just back itself up a little bit. And I think that's a nice little safety feature, personally. And if you do that in traffic like I do, there'll be 10,000 people every mile no, getting in front of no, you. No, because it doesn't, it doesn't keep that distance for me. In traffic, it it keeps a, like a normal amount of distance. Wow. I keep mine at like three. And if I'm in bumper to bumper traffic, I jam it to one. And uh, so I, mine's adjusting. So maybe that's a change in it. Right. So if I'm uh, if I'm going 60, it's at seven car lengths. If if traffic slows down, it will go a car length away from the car in front. We should go check that out and see if it's different mm, than yours. But I have definitely noticed that and I was actually surprised by that. So there's that option, the distance, and then auto steer on and off, auto lane change on and off. The Lovely. next uh, option is safety and security, and this is the that's got a. It's mostly useless in my opinion. All it has is a big button for the parking brake. What if you live on Lombard Street and vehicle? But if you all you have to do to engage the parking brake is hold down the brake, turn the car off. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Yeah. So would you like? Sit there and like at one mile an hour or 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 in drive and, and like open the thing because you got to have your foot on the brake. Well, I'm saying, what if you park on a street that has like a 20 percent grade? The parking brake is automatically engaged when you park oh. the car on a Tesla. I can't say I've ever touched it. Right. It's ridiculous. In fact, I'll say I've never touched right. it. It's a ridiculous screen. They should use it for something else. I, it's not for towing. No, the last one, but thanks for bringing that up, is the service button, and that's wiper service mode. So you push that button, and it lifts the wipers up a little bit out of their little cavity under no, the hood. Up onto the screen. Onto the window, so you can replace the blades. We call that the windscreen or the The windscreen, window? the bonnet. It goes So it comes from under the bonnet onto the windscreen. Excellent. <laughs> and you can lift up the wiper blade manually and replace your blades. So that's set there you know, for servicing it's of handy your wipers. for cleaning your windows, yeah, yeah. too. It's great. And then you can also adjust your headlights there, which is really quite interesting. I can't do that. It says not to, but basically you push that little button and then the little uh, 
toggle switches on the steering wheel will raise the height of your headlights up and down. And you can, I said in my driveway the other day, and you could, they don't have to be the same. You can like have them. Can you uh, make them wink and blink? Yeah. If you want. I wonder why does that exist? Is there something going to be happening? Is this a sign? It says not that to. That we need the taco. Was it the taco button? The sure. one in which you disengage uh, the auto brain? Because maybe this is a sign that they're going to have some sort of malicious activity. The car is going to start flashing people and and indicating, hey, hey, buddy, your lights are too bright. Bam, bam. And the last thing is the towing mode. And this is actually a really important piece of information. And, and it makes me a little bit nervous that, the, that it's so serious, that they're so serious about. So this is what it says. Model 3 cannot be towed and can only be transported on a truck. Enable transport mode. To like a... F- a flatbed, a flatbed truck, truck yeah. to facilitate winching Model 3 onto a truck or to roll Model 3. Yeah. Transport mode is available for 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, or if the Model 3 is rolled faster than 5 miles per hour, the parking brake will be applied. Be sure to put the car in park once it is loaded onto the truck. But what happens, let's say you are a scofflaw, Robert, and you illegally park. Say you're at a supercharger in a handicapped spot because you're a terrible human being and you've left your car and they come and tow it. Yeah. Will they know not to tow it? How are they going to get into the car? Are they going to put, will they jack it up, A, and put it on skates? I don't know. They tow cars all the time, right? Right. Interesting. What if they repo your car? Well, that would, then I wouldn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Because clearly I can't afford it anymore. Well, uh, luckily, I have to say, though, I have visited numerous service centers over mm-hmm. the past five years. Yeah. I have never had to put my car in tow mode. Yeah, me neither. So yeah. if you if there is, again, there's a hook on, inside the frunk, and if you have to tow your car, that's how they pull it up with the winch. If this segment goes any longer, I think uh, a hook is going to come out yeah, of the yeah, wall yeah. and I'm drag sorry. us out. And that's it. So basically, that's the dance through the screen. The last thing on that screen that I haven't talked about is the button to open the glove box, which people are just amazed by every time you show it to them. Do, do you keep gloves in your glove box? I do not have gloves currently in my glove I box. I actually bought a set of gloves with fingertip controls. You know, when we went back mm-hmm. east to, uh, well, we didn't go. We went to Colorado and it was pretty darn cold. That's east for us. Yeah. And it was snowy and it was like 11 degrees. Mm-hmm. And so I have these really cool like knit gloves. They're pretty thin, but you can tap the screen with them. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. I keep those gloves okay. in my glove box. Okay. But you noted the steering wheel. The last two things I want to talk about, because this one really flummoxed me. The tray where your phone charges, there's two cables that come right. with it. This is a important. lightning cable and a USB cable. And I couldn't figure out, like, I didn't need the USB cable in there. I couldn't figure out how to replace it. So what you do is there's a high gloss black bumper right on the tip of that tray when you open the cover. The thing that sort of keeps your cell phone from, from falling, sliding down, falling right? Down, you yeah. grab that thing with a thumb on either side of it and just slide it to the left and then that thing just unlocks and pops up and then you can access all of the cable. So I was trying to pull it straight out thinking maybe it snapped in. I really didn't push it, but thanks to Mark at the Tesla event that we went to, he showed us how that worked. And the last thing is the steering wheel. So the steering wheel is 14 inches in diameter. The Model S steering wheel is 15 and a quarter inches. And I will tell you this, it seems smaller than just an inch and a half smaller. It's definitely smaller. And I'm not sure how much I like that, but I know somebody 
who's working on making a Model S size steering wheel for the for the three. I, I actually know. like it a lot because I find really? that my legs kind of if I'm turning radius hard, if my hand goes to the bottom where my knee would be, that on the S my knee is right there and sometimes my hand will hit my leg. Hmm. Well, I like it big because before autopilot allowed me to sort of hold my steering wheel position with mm-hmm. my knee if I was doing something like grabbing a drink or yeah yeah autopilot before autopilot the pre autopilot autopilot <laughs> all right so that's a walk through the screen sorry it took so long I hope you enjoyed it uh, if not you should fast forward uh, the part that you the just, part listened, that you just to. listened to. <laughs> 45 minutes of that. Or you could just cry that you wasted 45 minutes. So the first article we're going to talk about is from Electric. You're welcome, Mel. It's all about Tesla moving Model 3 around. That's right. They're popping up in showrooms around the country. So the confirmation that we have for sure is they're in the Manhattan Meatpacking District Tesla showroom. There's a Model 3. A gray one. There is the Boylston Street showroom in Boston. Guess what? What? Red. A red one. Boston. Why does Boston get red? The Century City Mall in Los Angeles. That Tesla showroom has... I don't know. Oh. I didn't go. We were the whole thing. And then the last one is the Stanford Shopping Center in Palo Alto. There are some others. We think there's one in Florida. Robert's vigorously looking at his phone right now, but we're not 100% sure. But they are coming to showrooms. And I think this is amazing because... Most people, they want to sit in this car at least one time before they purchase it. Yeah. In fact, I've got a tweet from Joel Sapp, President Sapp, who was in Boston in the showroom the day it opened. And he said there were tons of peeps there. Took my wife's. What is this? He said, oh, Mm -hmm. he took his wife's camera to get good pictures. But the battery on the camera died. Uh, Joel, you have a phone? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's Hello? going back again i got i've got tweets from the new york showroom from one of our listeners it's great and it's exciting it sounds like they're also going to be bringing the three to at least two or three other cities mm-hmm. for people to look at you know the only what this tells me what is that Tesla's ready to take more orders no i think uh, see now i would look at it differently hmm. i think tesla's getting people who aren't following through on their orders. They're getting their confirmation Mm. emails and they're not buying. And Tesla is reacting to that and saying, oh, maybe you should just see this car. So it turns out uh, from Tesla lawyer, one of our caucus members, that they have uh, ropes around the cars and they're holding people back and you have to give them an ID and an email to go and look at the car. So Yes, it may be what you're saying to capture those people who've already put down their $1,000, but I think there's going to be a lot more people who are going to put money down for this car. Yeah, it'll be both, right? It'll be the people who have never seen it and didn't want to put 1000 bucks down, but it'll also be people who are holding off Yeah. to well, wait. He says that they sent out emails to all the reservation holders, letting them know that a Model 3 is there. The first coworker I showed it to was like, oh, my God, this is way nicer than I thought it was going to be, and he wanted one. So whether he gets it or not. Let's dive in a little bit into autonomous driving, Robert. So I've been at it for about a week, getting more and more used to it. It's kind of still a little bit uncomfortable for me. I have tried to drive it around the streets and not just on the freeway. It Mm -hmm. really does not like it, but it will do it very reluctantly. Uh, But it's pretty uncomfortable. 
Well, you have to think that the way it sees the road is based on lines. Right. Most accurately is if you have a line on the left side of your car and the right. It will work with the line on the left side and parked cars on the right. Yeah. But it does drive closer to those parked cars than I feel comfortable. For sure. Because if somebody throws their door open... You're screwed. Yeah, I would much rather it be a little more left than it typically tends to be in autopilot. Okay, so overpasses in sunny conditions are really crazy. When I drove it downtown, the 101 got to an overpass. It was sunny and then very shady, and that car just jerked to the left, jerked to the right, just didn't really understand what the hell was going on, tried to get its bearings, and it was like, doo turned off autopilot. I took over. No problem. Yeah. And that I've reported on before. Mm-hmm. It's just this change in contrast. Yeah. Again, autopilot is fantastic on your regular repetitive routes right. and in bumper to bumper traffic. Yeah. Yesterday, I came back from Pasadena after doing some stuff pre-race. And then it was like, whatever, five in the afternoon. My ride home was an hour and a half. It's normally like a 30, 20, 30 minute ride. Yeah. Hour and a half. And did I really care that I was sitting in traffic? No. No. Not really. No. I was there having talked with my wife. We were (laughs) listening to podcasts and it was, it's so comfortable. It's very different. Yeah. I mean, I love it. In like 35 miles an hour, although I will say this, if you're on the freeway and you're going 35 in kind of bumper-to-bumper traffic and, and the car in front of you kind of gets out of your way, but you have your auto, your cruise control set for 60, yeah, and there's a big open gap in front of it, man, that car will just take off at 60 Boom. miles an hour, and it really like gets quickly up to speed and yeah. it's very freaky and and I think kind of dangerous because those are the kinds of moments that other people in the other lanes take as an opportunity to get over and I think that the car might have a hard time reacting to that. I don't it, know. Haven't been in that situation. It but. doesn't always, but it can also end up stopping rather abruptly, a lot yeah. more abruptly than I do or mm-hmm. an experienced driver would. Right. And so I just remind the passengers in the car, it's a drunken teenager. <laughs> And then the other day, I was driving on the 110 North, autopilot, transitioning to the 101 North, and we say the 101 North for whatever reason. I had navigation on and and set to go towards my house. The screen blinked and the navigation turned off. I hit the navigation button again, went to the latest places, hit, you know, was the navigation turned back on, boom, turned off again. Like, so. We're talking navigation or autopilot? Navigation and autopilot, right? So I'm in in autopilot and then it just like, it was losing its mind. It was like too much for it to process all at one time. Oh, this thing's got a supercomputer. Turned itself off. I'm just telling you what happened. It's reporting the news. Isn't this what somebody else at the Tesla Club event reported Mm -hmm. happening to them? Yeah. So there's a glitch in there. There's a glitch in the nav. And uh, it's affecting kind of everything. But after the third time, it kind of went on. And on that note, yes, a story from Teslarati, Simon Alvarez uh, wrote this article about a study by a uh, research group called Navigant. Yes. And this was a research of the top 19 companies that are in the autonomous driving business. And Robert, where do you think Tesla finished on this list of the 19 top companies? They were 18th out of 19, Robert. Who was behind them? Apple. They don't even have a car that we know about. Right. But they're still on this list. Even though they have spent billions of dollars (laughs) developing Titan. Have they? Yeah. It's like they booked so many like days at this test site, which was a former military site driving something around. It's almost as secretive as Zuma. What? 
Yeah. Does Zoom exist? So the top 10, according to this Navigant survey, GM, number one. Based on their cruise yeah. acquisition. Their acquisition of cruise. Their big announcement that they're going to make a car without a steering wheel. Yeah. The Bolt. Waymo, number two. Daimler, Bosch, number three. Ford, pretty impressive, up there at four. Volkswagen Group, BMW, Intel, FCA sort of combo. A company called Aptive, Renault, Nissan, Alliance, Volvo, Autoliv, Ericsson, Zenuity sort of thing. Say that no. 10 times. And uh, number 10, PSA. PSA. Which I don't, I don't know what I thought PSA that was is. the test that I don't want to get done <laughs> for prostate cancer. It, it might be. So, and GM and Google's Waymo were ranked as being close to perfect. Wow. Well, which is very impressive. They, they both are running uh, fully autonomous level five right. cars. All over the place. GM in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, just type in Cruise, the autonomous vehicle company. You can watch like hours of the car coursing through San Francisco, which is a very treacherous city to drive. Very difficult driving environment. And Waymo is doing it in Chandler, Arizona, soon to expand to Phoenix, or maybe they already have, where they have, again, fully autonomous. And it's driving on like little side roads without any lines whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It's very impressive. It's amazing. So Navigant's analysis points the blame to Tesla and its split with Mobileye. So since that split with Mobileye, Tesla took the whole thing in-house and has been struggling to kind of get uh, above water in a lot of ways. So take that for what it is. They are pretty down there. And like you said, GM has struck gold with his acquisition of Cruise. And Cruise has made so much progress in its autonomous systems that GM's engineers were confident enough to request the Chevy Bolt not have steering wheels or pedals, a production run. Yeah, so they basically had to have the feds change the requirements because airbag for the driver Mm -hmm. is always in a steering wheel. What Mm. if we don't have a steering wheel? So they had to have that changed. And a number of other things Mm. had to be changed so that they could go ahead and roll out these cars, though each state has their own requirements and regulations around autonomous vehicles. Mm -hmm. So they got 50 more states plus territories and other countries. But if GM's changing their assembly line and design of a car, if those engineers are confident enough to make that request, that's pretty impressive and very telling as to where they think they are. Now, you asked me during the week to look under my three and see whether or not I thought the steering wheel could easily be removed. And the pedals. The answer is yes. Really? So if you look at the way that it's in the dashboard, there's actually even a little cutout of the wood and plastic that you could easily pull that steering wheel out. There's a little piece of black nylon material covering it. My guess is you take that off, pull off the couple of bolts, remove the steering wheel, and then you could put a little panel right in there, and it would just line up nice and sweet with the rest of it. I figured that. And I looked down at the pedals. Now, that would be a little bit more complicated, but it definitely looks like it is a possibility. Well, you know, we are now T plus one month Mm -hmm. from when Elon said that a Tesla would drive from L.A. to New York without driver input. Right, hands off. Yeah, and... um, we don't know if that also means that the sneaky bot will be doing the charging at Tesla superchargers, but I'm. That's him holding his breath, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm turning blue. <laughs> and so the this Navigant report focused on these five or six questions. What are the top 19 companies? We talked about a few of them. Which of these companies ranks highest in terms of strategy? 
which of these companies ranks highest in terms of execution, currently leading in this emerging market, which companies are best positioned to take the lead, and which factors separate the leaders from the contenders and the challengers. So a lot of really telling metrics, and Tesla is at the bottom of this list. That cannot be making Elon very happy. No. My guess is the day he read this, yeah, he walked into the autonomous uh, department at Tesla and threw it down on the table and was like, really? Seriously? Yeah. What's going on with you guys? All right, mm. Robert, supercharger update. What's that? That's what you're doing. Oh. That's your gig. I'll oh. do it if you want. I mean, no. I do. I will talk about superchargers. Yeah, well, I mean, now you're starting to visit superchargers. I'm so. a supercharging machine. Ooh, no, boy, how time has changed. I'm not really. It feels really good. I have to stay interjecting here. It feels really good to feel like you, Tom, are back, back, back in the room <laughs> with me, an EV enthusiast, uh-huh. no longer pumping gas. No longer. Oh, Just driving you got around. That, yeah, you're, you're loving and living the Tesla life. I am. Supercharger update. It's, again, like last week, it's kind of a poquito week. I don't like it. I don't like that it keeps being thin, 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 Robert. Well, we only have three new open superchargers, two in the U.S., Mm -hmm. one in Canada, but it's a total of 36 stalls. One of them, which is Castleman in between Ottawa and Montreal, 12 stalls. Linwood up in uh, the Washington state. Nice. Just north of Seattle, big place, 16 stalls. But Mm -hmm. there's a lot of IT up there, so probably a lot of Teslas up there. And then Clinton Corners. Nice. In New York. In New York. Eight eight stalls there. We've got under construction two more in the U.S. That's in Dent, Ohio and (gasps) Calabasas. No way. Unless having crates on site means they're under construction, Calabasas is not under construction. You're the man. You reported it. (laughs) But they didn't dig a hole. No, they didn't. There's no digging. But that's okay. When When the crates show up, that means construction has begun. All right. And I actually took the opportunity to post your pictures for you on the Tesla Motors oh, forum. Thanks. Yeah. I gave you credit, of course. I appreciate that. Permitting. San Diego is going to get one at the Black Mountain Ranch. Sounds like a good place to visit. I've never know. been there. Yeah, and cool. in Chicago. Yahoo! New City, Illinois. That's not. It's better than the old city. They okay. changed it. Yeah. It's newer. Sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie. Welcome to New City, Illinois. So with today's or this week's 36 stalls, mm-hmm. well, almost, I should say, but as of the 18th of January, uh-huh. 2018, uh-huh. we have 8,530 stalls worldwide. Wow. We're 1,500 short of where Elon said we were going to be. But huh? we've talked about these mm-hmm. high stated goals yeah. and reasonings behind that. He's and a dreamer. I feel like we should make another bet, but we've got all these bets <laughs> sitting over on the side. That we don't follow through on any of our bets, so we should. We probably shouldn't. I was going to say, what month do we hit 10,000 superchargers? I don't know. Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? It would be an entire show dedicated to a supercharger update wow. if we had 1,500 tomorrow. Wow. You'd be like, oh, we'd have to make it a sub. And there's four opening up. And like at the end of it, you just, <laughs> it'd be you know, like the Jerry know. Lewis marathon yeah, telethon. <laughs> telethon, yeah. exactly. It would be, you would lose your mind. And I would be home mostly during your supercharger <laughs> update. So feel free to not do that. Talk to me about SpaceX. Let's talk about space from The Verge. The okay. government, as of the recording of this particular situation on Saturday, the government's been shut down for about 18 hours due to, I don't know, the awesomeness that is Congress. Yeah. The ridiculousness that is the administration. Every five years, they have to remind us how much 
we have to hate them for. It's so fun because sometimes it's the Democrats and sometimes it's the Republicans. It just it's just such a good time. It's it's great to see them put aside their partisan goodness and just really dive into why they hate each other for no real good reason. But this is sort of affecting a lot of folks. Federal employees can't go to work. But in regards to the space that is X, federal agencies like NASA are now forced to send workers home without pay and alter daily operations. Now, the shutdown won't have a big impact on the space agency's biggest projects and commercial companies like SpaceX, which rely on NASA and other government hardware, probably won't suffer any significant schedule delays. Uh, Robert Lightfoot, the acting administrator, told employees in an email obtained by The Verge, I love it when things are obtained by The Verge, to be on alert for directions over the next couple of days. If there is a lapse in funding for the federal government, he writes on Friday night, report to work the same way you would until further notice and you will receive guidance on how to best close out your activities on Monday, he wrote in the email. So please show up on Monday and uh, go home and turn your computers off and go home, I guess, right? right? Shut down the coffee machines, clean out the fridge in the lunch area. Oh, I hate when people leave all that stuff in the fridge. For weeks? Oh, Oh, can you imagine? Let's hope it doesn't last for weeks. Well, you know, I haven't bought my ticket to uh, Orlando to watch Falcon Heavy. I don't think it's going to affect Heavy. I don't know. That's what it's sort of getting around Yeah, they said that launches through the end of the month should be okay, Mm. but if it gets pushed beyond that. So this is a total screw-up for SpaceX, who have, like, close to 30 launches planned for this year. But they're not all on NASA property. A whole lot of them are. I mean, some of them are in Vandenberg, though, right? The military's not shut down. Only a handful. Those guys don't ever go home. Yeah. That don't work that way. NASA has two spacewalks planned for astronauts in the ISS in the next couple of weeks. Those activities are not expected to change. When it comes to station operations, we have a plan. Thank goodness they have a plan for that. Kenny Todd, NASA's ISS Mission Operations Integration Manager, said, Mission essential critical personnel will be on site, will be working, and will be continuing the mission. Uh, They just won't be getting paid to do it. So we don't see that any kind of impact going forward when it comes to our daily operations as it pertains to spacewalks? Because they got to keep those guys safe. Like, they can't be like, hey, the government shut down, astronauts just sit there, don't do anything. Yeah, don't worry about the food. Uh, just eat the old peanuts that are left over from your last yeah, flight up. They're in the seat. You so I looked, there's only, there's only six Vandenberg launches in 2018 mm. out of 30. So this Bastards. is a big, this has a big effect. Yeah, it's a big deal. However, it is unclear if the space walks will be broadcast on uh, NASA TV because that may be considered non-essential personnel, right, that run the the TV channel. The next big mission is the launch of its exoplanet hunting satellite, which I really love the name of that. I just can't get around that. Hey, Tess. Uh, Not Tess, just the exoplanet hunter. Like, Mm. that's pretty cool. I want to be an exoplanet hunter. And that's SpaceX's launch. Yeah. So that's supposed to be going up on a Falcon 9 from Florida in March. Shouldn't be affected by the shutdown unless the shutdown lasts a very long time, which would be terrible on so many levels. Yeah, well, the last time in 2013 that they shut down, it was estimated it cost us taxpayers like $30 billion. On the plus side, we just got a huge tax break, so we're cool. No? Yeah. Silence. Okay. 
This is just so sad and so disappointing Mm -hmm. and not what we pay these folks for, albeit most of the representatives are good people and they do a good job. Mm -hmm. It's just they don't. There needs to be a yeah. There needs to be this a thing is way. all tied into border security and DACA, and there's so many little pet projects that get tied up in this crapola. And somebody who can't keep their mind made up. Yeah. So SpaceX also has another big project it's focused on, and that's the test firing of the engines on the Falcon Heavy. I've had this on my. It's it's been happening. It's delayed. It's been mm-hmm. happening. It's been delayed. It was supposed to maybe happen today. Yeah. I'm going to look. But still not. So that test involves making it vertical and igniting all 27 engines while it's being constrained. It's possible that that test could come early next week or right now, depending on what Robert finds. But the launch pad is located on NASA property at Kennedy and limited staffing on the site could pose a problem. So SpaceX told the Verge that they're not expecting the shutdown to affect its operation. But who the hell knows? Well, according to Spaceflight Now, Mm -hmm. that today, Saturday, Mm -hmm. the 20th, they're probably going to be testing loading and unloading fuel. Yeah. But they're not going to do a static fire test of all 27 engines any earlier than Monday. All right, so that'll be something exciting to listen for on Monday. Hopefully, the again, the shutdown won't affect that, and they'll be able to do their test, make sure everything's nominal, and keep the launch on schedule, although it's not even on schedule anymore anyways, right? Yeah, well, the problem is, is I don't know if we're going to be able to see the live stream. Do you think the Roadster is in the fairing currently, like, hooked up to a supercharger? Mm. Like, are they charging? I don't think there's a battery in it. (laughs) I don't think they would send it up with a battery. So we haven't talked about Hyperloop in a long time. And an article popped up on Wired.com this week about Virgin's Hyperloop 1 engineering situation that's happening out in the desert. So a version of this futuristic tube-based transportation is what they're calling it, is taking shape in the Nevada desert just 35 miles north of Las Vegas. So that's pretty close. Let's go tubular, man. Yeah, totally, man. It's isolated out there enough for them to build a giant white tube and not attract too much attention except for from Wired, apparently. Virgin Hyperloop One, originally known as Hyperloop Technology and then known as Hyperloop One, until Richard Branson became the chairman in December. So Virgin Hyperloop One, cool. They did this whole construction out there in about 10 months. The senior test engineer, Kevin Mock. Kevin Mock. It's a mock-up. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing's a mock-up. You get, you see, how you get the word where I'm like going. It. Yeah, yeah, thanks. That's a mock-up. Uh, one third of a mile long and eleven feet in diameter. It's just painted steel wrapped with some loops. It's similar to a water pipe, but it was made to their specific specifications, as opposed to just pulling it off the shelf somewhere. Apparently. Yeah, I'll take one of those tube-like <laughs> structures, but I want, like, you know, yeah. a mile of it. Yeah, I'm going to need about a third of a mile of that stuff. I'm just going to, can you deliver that out to the desert for us? Thank you very much. Appreciate that. This is very cool because they're using a pusher to get the, the thing going, but they're continuing to move along. This means Hyperloop is that much more of a, a real thing. Yeah. And we've got governments abroad who are putting money up mm-hmm. to have this thing designed and prepped to be put into actual use. It is. And an interesting thing in this in this Wired article was it bears the Muskian hallmarks of radical futurism, which I think is a very cool sentence. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper. So it's radical futurism, but its brilliance is in the fact that it won't take a revolution to build one. 
right? That It's right. not these crazy unknown technology. It's really just a collection of existing transportation and industrial technologies, part elevated structure, metal tube, bullet train, pressure vessel, vacuum system, all smooshed together with the biggest challenge being integrating them without smooshing the passengers, which I think is a really funny way to sort of put this all together. And the good thing is that the same direction passengers want to go, mm-hmm. we need to send goods. Yeah. And so it's perfect, like, symbiosis if you just mm-hmm. build the thing, throw in containers from the port, and tube them to wherever. Yeah. Get them out into the desert, into the distribution center. So right. that would be amazing. And they can drop this for all you nerds out there. They expect to have it launched in 2021, commercial system, which is not too long from now. And they drop the pressure into the tube to one one-thousandth of atmospheric conditions at sea level, the equivalent of what you get when you're at 200,000 feet. Yeah, so it has very, very little air very resistance. Little, very little air resistance. So they can move it with a lot less energy. And there's a video on this Wired article that shows the Hyperloop in the tube, like, foom, 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 drumming, going down. They put these cool light rings. It's kind of like inside of a Virgin Airliner, if you've ever been in one. But then there's this airlock feature with this giant metal disc that comes across and, like, locks off the place where you put the pod in and out of it so they don't have to continually vacuum seal the whole third of a mile. So pretty... Pretty darn cool. They've yeah, made the, 200 test runs. That's the plan is to have these like uh, tubes with these sort of offshoots so that you can continually pressurize the big tube mm-hmm. and just have these decompression chambers that are like little offshoots of the big tube. And that is something that's being designed by a lot of these universities. There's going to be a Hyperloop competition coming up within six months into the summer. Sweet. And in December, they went for pure speed over there at Hyperloop 1, and they got up to 240 miles an hour. Which is still a lot lower. You know, the expectation was 760 miles an hour, beating an airplane. Right. But again, you'd rather not... Screw the thing up, pushing the limits too hard. So we've been talking for a little while, not too long, and now we're going to get to the letters. We're going to let you talk to us. Neil Hossel. Is it Hossel? That's how I pronounce it. I don't know. Hossel? Yeah. Hossel Hossel? Hasselhoff? Yeah, so he challenged us at the at the bottom. He said, I look forward to hearing my surname pronounced. And I said, you could have helped a brother out with some phonetic spelling at least. But apparently he wanted us to butcher his name so he could then write us a letter next week making fun of how we pronounce his name. So I'm, you say okay Hosel. No, I, I said say Hustle. You said Hustle. I say Hasselhoff. Hoselhoff. Uh, I don't know what it is. Hosel. But anyways. It's Hosel. And he had an idea for our fart car acronym contest. Yeah, his is not bad. Which I didn't know we even had. Crap bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's very wordy. Crap bag. Hey, Why that's a nice that crap, crap bag, bag you got. But like yeah. that could be just like the condition of the car. Like I could have a beat up Model S and it could be a crap bag. Right. But what does it stand for, Robert? Crap bag. Carbon Repository Automobile Petrol. Oh, I'm sorry. Carbon <laughs> Respiratory. I was about to make fun of you when you got to the end. Carbon Respiratory Automobile Petrol Biodiesel and Gas. And because he wrote petrol, I'm going to I'm going to say it was Carbon Respiratory. <laughs> carbon Respiratory Automobile Petrol Biodiesel and Gas. Well, I don't ter- like it. Teresa Hodgkins. <laughs> Hodgkin has another fart car uh-huh. uh, acronym for us. Mm-hmm. Flatulent Antiquated Road Transportation. I like that she one. She said you don't need two Fs. No. Why, why would you need two Fs when you had flatulent antiquated 
dedicated road <laughs> transportation. And speaking of that, there was an episode of Jay Leno's Garage on this week. And I don't watch this show very often, but I happened to turn it on. And he was in some weird automobile. But he also had three alternative fuel cars. One was a steam car, an older steam car. Another mm-hmm. was a car that ran on propane, not so awesome. And another was a biodiesel converted gigantic diesel Mercedes. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, my neighbor across the street has a biodiesel converted older Mercedes. And mm-hmm. it's always fun to see him uh, coming back from Costco with like <laughs> two big jugs of corn oil and watching him pour it into the tank. So he's buying new corn oil instead of going to his local McDonald's and asking for the good stuff? I don't really like sort of stalk him and follow him around. Yeah, but I have, ask him. I have seen him go. I think now there's actually some fuel stations in town yeah, there that is. has recovered biofuel. I think there's one by the L.A. airport. Yeah. So that's probably what he's doing. Yeah. So Michael Pritchard is uh, our next letter, and he writes, the subject is Black Hills Sound of Silence Tesla Rally. Yeah, you got him going with your description of going up. Yeah, because last week we talked about Mm -hmm. a supercharger in Custer, Wyoming. And he has driven in the Sound of Silent Rally in the Black Hills, which is pretty cool. And now he's pretty excited to know that there's going to be one in Custer because he had some issues with his Model X 90D, not quite having enough range to make him comfortable he made it in the end to the rapid city supercharger but it was kind but of now stressful. it'll be better yeah and, and he talks a little bit about the scenic drives in custer and i've been on those scenic drives and it is very cool there's a little prairie dog town you can see mules bison elk herds in the distance south dakota is amazing you should visit it it's a great state so there is a Facebook group called the Black Hills Sound of Silence Tesla Rally. They just put dashes between each of the words. That's cool. And uh, if you're interested, sounds great. I'm not sure when it is, but great to hear from you, Michael. I've been in South Dakota a week before the uh, motorcycle rally, the Sturgis, and it is loud always. And it is terrible. So a silent rally is a mm. big deal in a place like South Dakota because it is home to the loudest rally in the world. Ugh. Well, the problem he had was that the mules wouldn't get off the road. Yeah. I've been in a bison uh, traffic jam in South Dakota. Well, I wonder what animal sound would move various animals off the road. So here's an idea for a Tesla app. Okay. Is you install a speaker in the front of your mm-hmm. car and you have it blurred out, I don't know, a lion or well, we don't have but mountain lions. It's a very specific use case that you're you're working. Like you right. have to be basically in a place where there's a lot of animals on the street and have a very specific predator sound. Well, what if you want to make sure there's, there's no like deer on the road? Fifteen people that would buy this app today, Robert. What about deer? Okay. A lot of people drive in places where there's lots of deer. They can really mess you up. All right. What would deer, uh, you know, be afraid mountain of? Mountain lions. Yeah. Bears. Yeah, you know how dogs have dog whistles. We don't even hear it. What? Maybe there's. <laughs> maybe there's something you could. Blast out from your Tesla to keep the deer from Uh, getting in your way. The next letter comes from Bill Olson, and he asks, why are we bored about talking about our Model 3? I don't have one, and there's a ton he doesn't know about them. Uh, Bill, I read your letter. Bill, I did 35 minutes on the front screen alone. This, This episode was for you, Bill. Bill. And uh, so check out our YouTube, which is actually a better venue to see a lot of the stuff that we talk about in terms of the Model 3. But thank you very much for your note. Uh, we I took it very much to heart, and we will continue to make sure that we talk about the Model 3 in terms of for people who don't have one, don't have a Tesla. It's important because this is the audience that we're trying to reach. So, Bill, here's some quick advice. Mm-hmm. If when you hear this dedicated podcast uh-huh. to you— 
go up to our Talking Tesla YouTube channel. Uh And if you don't see the video of me going all through Tom's Model 3, then quickly go to Patreon and become a Patreon supporter. (laughs) No, it's free. It's up there now, Robert. No, it isn't. It's on the Patreon. Still? Because it's just for early. Like, Patreon just gets it early. Yeah, Bill could have had it, like, days ago. Bill. Come on, Bill. Send us some money. We made a whole show for you, Bill. I think that's worthwhile. You're welcome, Bill. The next letter comes from Bill as well. It was about SpaceX. We talked about SpaceX as well. So thank you, Bill. We're listening. We hear you. We'll try to do better, Bill. We really want to. We'll do. Uh, the next letter comes from Jay Leonard, and this is about electrical negative pricing, and it's very interesting, mm-hmm. Robert. Yeah. Why we make electricity <laughs> free and pay people no, to take well, it. No, but he's talking about the, what we talked about last week where we had to pay people to take it. Yeah. Right? That's a good thing because it will drive us to build battery storage yes. in the future so we don't have to sell it. Because if we're selling it and paying to get rid of it, it makes sense for us to invest that money into battery storage so then we can then use it ourselves. That was my plan was to build a lot more batteries. So you and Jay are like they're like super geniuses together. Although the amount of money we paid to Arizona to take our electricity would buy like a power wall, not 5,000 power packs. And they can feel free to put that power wall on my house, Robert. I will lend them the space. Yeah. I would. Well, are, are you getting a power wall? I'm, I'm still waiting for one more car to take delivery. Ah. Fingers crossed. Okay. Well. The next letter comes from Richard Spitz, and this one is in your wheelhouse, right up your alley. Any other kind of analogy I can make to you need to answer this question. <laughs> if you want to make a Tesla club, mm-hmm. and I believe the cutoff is 20 or 25 people, mm-hmm. then you can have a Tesla owner's club officially sanctioned Ooh. for your area. And if you have split personality, you can just do it by yourself. Although Texas already has three sanctioned Tesla clubs, though Texas is a large place. Very big. So yeah. Texas has what? Houston? Dallas? It's got like North and South and North Dallas. Texas? No. I think it's got North, South. And you don't even know. You're just guessing. I well, I've met everybody from Texas. They're all great. Everybody? You've met everybody from Texas? Everybody with a Tesla in Texas. <laughs> You've met I've them all? Met. Wow. Yeah. I don't think that's accurate. I think you just <laughs> made that up. The next letter comes from Mike Karpinski, and he wants to know... He's on the fence about autopilot. Oh, get it. If on the highway, will the Model 3 screen without autopilot show the cars in front and on the side of me? And what I will say to you is... Not in the side of you. Well, they sonar. don't actually show the cars. They show like little lines. On my Model 3, it's little lines. You see the cars in front of you. It's interesting. Even when you're stopped at an intersection, the cars that are crossing in front of you, the Tesla shows them as going in front of you forward away from you as they cross over. Right. I don't think Only because I of the see camera. the cars on the side yet. And maybe that's just a calibration thing on my particular system. But I do have colored indicators. So if right. there's a curb in front that shows a little rounded front curb, blah, 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 blah. It's, uh, it's coming. I feel like we are on the cusp. But yes, don't buy a Tesla without autopilot. That's why there's no such thing as a $35,000 Tesla. It's always 40 Yeah. Like, because why buy it otherwise? Again, I think you're probably in a more risky position buying an S or an X without full autopilot, the full bore autopilot, than you are in a 3. Because 
I expect that Tesla is going to have to replace the computer in the Model S and X that are currently being produced mm -hmm. because I don't think they're going to be able to do all that they need to make the car level four or level five. But they're still going to have to. They're not going to charge you more than that five grand to turn it on and turning it on know. will mean the same. I know me and you disagree very greatly on this one. Yeah. The next letter comes from Dave Turner, and it's comparing Model 3 costs. He just listened to the Patreons that have come out from us, and he said that the 60-whatever-thousand-dollar Model 3 is still half the price of a Model S, and he says it's so wrong, but matches the general perception that Teslas are more than $100,000. He just bought an S75D in the summer of 16 for 84000 75000 after tax breaks, and included free lifetime supercharging. This was with the premium upgrades with the winter package and the autopilot. The current 75D price is still similar, he says, gets delivered quickly and has most of the bugs worked out. So I did a little bit of research into this today, and I don't know if it's quite apples to apples. So uh, if you configure an S with black premium interior, the premium upgrades, the enhanced autopilot, and white paint, you're talking $89,300. Add $1,000 in destination fees before incentives. All right, so we're okay. at... We're at $90,300. My Model 3 was fifty-seven five before incentives. That included the destination and dock fees, plus the sales tax of $5,400, which is $8,800 in the similar S, right? So you're an additional $3,400 into sales tax. So the Model 3, $63,500 for 310 miles of range. The Model S 75D, 99,000. 90,000, you said. 99 with tax. Oh, with tax. So this is the numbers with tax, right? 99,000 when you figure sales tax in California, in Los Angeles, that is. Yeah. And that only gets you 259 miles of range. Now, you do get dual drive and air suspension for that. But again, we're still not apples to apples because you're you're still 50 miles less range. Right. Right. So if you add. And less space. Right. And there's less space. But again, when I'm trying to make these calculations, it's sort of a trying to make it as equal as possible. If you go to the 100D to get equal range, and now you have actually a little more range, 329, yeah. you have to add $19,500 in cost plus another $2,000 in tax. So mm -hmm. another 21000 And now you're looking at $120,000. And that's kind of where we were thinking about making those calculations. Now, Sounds it's like not, the three is a great deal. It's not Apples to, you know, again, you can get an amazing S, but if you don't put autopilot on it, if you don't put premium seating, if you don't like blah, 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 that's kind of where we're getting at. And, and so maybe it's not double, but 50% more for sort of a very nice S. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, basis of the calculations that we were making in our heads just to let you know. Uh, the next letter comes from Matthew Keys, but I just actually, before we move on, Dave, thank you very much for your letter. Thanks yeah. for just keeping an eye out on what we're doing, and, and we really appreciate it. Because, again, it allowed me to dive a little bit deeper and explain kind of what it is, what's happening right now. This is why the Model 3 will sell how many millions? It'll sell a lot. I mean, again, but Two, it's still, again, five. you're going to get into a Model 3. At one point, you'll buy a Model 3 for 40000 right? That's what people will buy. They'll yeah. buy a base Model 3 in black with textile inside, add autopilot, and that's what they will get. That'll be a $40,000 car. They'll sell a ton of those. Yeah. The cheapest S at that point will probably still be 70. So you're looking at 40, 70, right? Like that's kind of right. in the ballpark. And that won't have autopilot at 70. 
more than likely. Yeah. Uh, the next letter comes from Matthew Keys, and he wants to know about the ride coil versus air suspension. Again, they're very different. He owns a Honda Fit, and it's a great car, but he doesn't want to buy a Model 3 for a lot more money if it rides like a Honda Fit. And I will say I've never driven a Honda Fit. He says it's stiff. I never drove a Fit. I would think it does not drive like a Fit. It's stiffer than the S with air suspension, but I bet it'll mellow a little bit over time. If you didn't uh, tell me and I got from one car to the other, yeah. I really wouldn't notice that much. It's I wouldn't notice much at all. It's super sporty. It's so fun to drive. It's very responsive. If the Fit is like that, then, man, keep the Fit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can hit the accelerator on that Model 3 and you can be gone. Yeah, the fit. No traffic issues. None of that. My guess is the Fit's a four-cylinder, but yeah. they're not – I can't imagine that they're comparable in, yeah. in any way, shape, or form. No, that's I would, I would say I'm the Model at. 3 is the way to go. Also, Model 3, uh, no gas. That's true, and no emissions. The 0 yeah. to 60 in a Honda Fit, 8.2 seconds. But if you love Hondas, half. I saw a Clarity the other day, and that looked really nice. And that all-electric lease on a Clarity in California, one ninety nine a month. That's hard to beat. Right, and so that's pretty good. The next letter comes from Brent Phipps, and he asks for our honest opinion, as if we could give him any other. Can you be honest? I can. Can you? I can be honest. He wants to know whether or not he should keep his reservation for a Model 3 or settle, in air quotes, <laughs> on a Model X75D. Well, they're such a different car. The X, a lot of people I talked to, in fact, last night were working deals to get Model 3 because their, quote, friend, yeah. quote, family friend, uh -huh. decided to pop for an X or an S mm -hmm. because they had thought the 3 was going to be a great car but never really had Tesla experience. And then they started driving Teslas, getting in Teslas, talking to Tesla people, and decided, I just have to have it now. Yeah, an X is not a 3. The interesting thing about the, uh, the Tesla show event, the owner's club meeting, very few Xs. Yeah. People don't drive X's, or people who drive X's don't go to Tesla clubs. Maybe they're not crazy people. Like yeah, us. I don't know. It's interesting. We're going to have a Cars and Coffee coming up next month. There better be some X's there. There's definitely X's there. There's a guy who uh, brings his X out. He lives on a ranch, and the X looks like it's been not nice. beaten, but covered in mud. I'd love it, to see it. Love to hear about all of his uh, adventures. Yeah. So Brent has a family of four, two boys, and I would say, you know what? Uh, you're going to need more room. You might need more room. The X has yeah. a ton more room. The Model 3 is a sedan. It's got a trunk. Put stuff in the back. The trunk is big. It's not huge. I don't know how young your kids are, but, you know, if you put a couple of hockey bags and some hockey sticks or maybe football bags, some sports bags, it's going to be tight. Throw a cooler in there. You're going to, you know, it's not the best car for that particular situation. And if you're going to buy a Tesla, you should definitely use our referral code. Right. Uh, he asked yeah, which code he should use, and he should use Robert's code. Robert 3177. You got to do it before the end of the month unless hmm? Tesla extends the referral program. No, they're going to have a new one. I can't wait for the next one. It's going to be exciting. I unlocked a secret level. Zero referrals on that one, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You're looking forward to getting your Roadster? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like you're looking what, forward to getting yours. <laughs> what will be the story when Tom gets uh, his roadster and he says, I like to punch it every so often. Yeah. And he goes into uh, stratosphere. Mode. Yeah. Yeah. I need, just need 50 more referrals in the next two weeks. <laughs> you know, uh, I won't hold my breath like, uh, uh. like you are. So the X is way bigger, very different, but way more expensive. And this is what I'll tell you. Money, not an issue for me. 
I'm already driving an X. Okay. Probably not driving a Model 3, but it's expensive, man. Like, yeah. that's 120 grand. Yeah. You do so you X. say that to hold your curling stones and everything else, you'd rather have an X? Yeah, of course I would. That makes sense. The next letter comes from Juan Pablo Millet. I don't know. Maybe I pronounced that right. It I, I kind of went French at the end instead of Spanish, but I don't actually know uh, how you would do that. Millet. Uh, so he wants to know about the Model 3 in Mexico. He loves the show. He lives in Marida, Mexico, on the Yucatan Peninsula, and he found out that Mexico deliveries were going to be delayed until late 2018 when he placed his order before Elon even got on stage almost two years ago. So he wants to know, what do you think about Tesla Mexico and having to wait another year? I don't think that's very cool. No, it's bogus. Yeah. And do you have any information or listeners from Mexico with the same problems? Uh, not so far, but you never know. Uh, and he notes Juan. Teslas are very rare down in Mexico. Yeah, he said there's just a couple of Model S's in Yucatan. And so do you think a Tesla without the infrastructure of the company would be a hassle? Mm, it could be potentially Model 3 without – if you don't have a service center, yeah. that would be a pretty big hesitation. If your mm -hmm. service center is 100 miles away, again, that would also be a pretty big hesitation for me. But what I will say in terms of superchargers, he says they do not have superchargers. and uh, No, only around Mexico City, and that's 20 hours away. That's the closest Tesla store. And the, uh, and the superchargers, supercharger. there's only four in Mexico, that's and they're basically... Mexi that's untrue. Okay. There's seven. I looked today on oh, the Tesla website. Seven. So I went to tesla.com, find us, forward slash list, superchargers Mexico, and there's 21 listed as coming soon and seven open, including listed as coming soon to Merida and Valladolid which is in the Yucatan Peninsula. So according to the Tesla website, two in the Yucatan Peninsula near Juan Pablo are in the coming soon uh, situation. I don't know what that means. And seven are open and they're all over. But if you go to the supercharger, if you just do a Google search for superchargers Mexico, you can find the list of where they're located, which I did. Yeah. You're welcome, Robert. <laughs> I tried to stop you. <laughs> uh, the next... A letter comes from a person whose name I will completely butcher. Who's, so it's Aves Rejania. Aves. Aves. Aves Rejania. Aves Rejania. And he says, or she says, don't know, no one in the entire Tesla universe pronounces Alcantara correctly. And they are correct. They do not. But I have worked very hard Alcantara. on this show to make it happen. Tony B says, congrats on our new cars. And he uh, heard me talking about my car cover and wanted to know which one I got. I got a very cheap and inexpensive one from Costco. I got the medium one. It's a really good size. It fits very nicely in the front. Uh, do I use it a lot? No, but my car is now covered in bird poop because Ooh. I'm very undisciplined when it comes to covering my so car. So you don't so have like a throne for your car? I want to get it palace. washed and then I'm going to try to cover it more often, but I'm lazy. Don't so wash it knows? at a place with lots of, uh, you know, those swinging brushes. No, I go to a hand wash spot. Christy Morgan writes a I letter as well. She has <laughs> seen the future and it is light pole charging. Where did she get that from? So in the holiday season, she was in Germany driving on the Autobahn, and she was driving 200 kilometers per hour, wow. which I think might be, what, 35 miles an hour? I have no idea. 120. 120. So that's yeah. 
pretty quick chasing a cute little targa. <laughs> she writes. She gives us a picture of what uh, it looks like on the Autobahn. It looks yeah. like the freeway. Yeah, it looks great. And then the second highlight of the trip was seeing a demonstration station of light pole charging. And all she could think of was me. So she's on vacation. She's in Germany. She saw light pole charging and she thought of the opening of the show. Mm-mm-mm. And she went to the Unibog Museum, which I would love to go to because I find Unimogs fascinating. Tell me about a tell me about a Unimog. Unimog is like one of those massive eight six wheel military vehicles with like mm. a giant truck. It's like it looks like something out of Star Wars. I have a friend who owns a Unimog, and they've been sort of redoing it, and it's making it all electric. No, <laughs> no. No, it takes all the diesel. That's, that's got to pollute more than like <laughs> 700 Teslas. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Shame. What are you going to do? We are enjoying our Model 3s. Thanks for the photos and the email, Christy. It looks like you had a lot of fun driving fast and showing off the light pole charging uh, demonstration station. So that's very, very cool. Steve Ramsden sends ah, us Tesla. sends us a, uh, a letter about Tesla with wings <laughs> with a link to Pipstrel. I guess it's a plane. It's not for sale yet. And they only have a gasoline version. What? Yeah. It's in Australia. Oh. But, but they're making an electric one. Yeah. That'll be pretty cool. Would you get in a little electric airplane, Robert? You betcha. Hmm. I don't know if I would. Why not? Scary. Electric aeroplane. Talk about range anxiety. Well, they float. Don't they <laughs> glide? Yeah, I guess. Most airplanes glide. Even jets glide, although they, when they're loaded, are really, really, yeah, really hard to glide. And the last <laughs> letter of the day comes from Paul Boyd, and it's fitting because we're at hour 139. Minute, one hour, 39 minutes, probably a couple of minutes and shorter than that. it's taking an entire minute to just describe that. <laughs> That's true. And he says to stop apologizing about the length of the show. So you know what we say to you, Paul? We're going to stop apologizing. I'm going to go for another hour. Let's just do it. Let's just, what are we, what do you want to talk about for the next hour, Robert? I want to talk about the Culver City City Council meeting coming up Monday, which this show may not get to you by then, mm-hmm. but we'll report on what happened there. Yeah. There's like a huge agenda for the city council meeting. Uh-huh. I went through it. In fact, I even tweeted it out. So if oh, you're following very me. very exciting. City council agendas on if, their Twitter. If, oh, my God. <laughs> if you're following me on Twitter, uh, at symbol R-R-O-S-E-N-B-L, <laughs> you'll see that actually the Boring Company produced some published material that I've never seen before. Uh-huh. A detailed map of where the Boring Company plans to tunnel under Culver City. Sighting. And a four-page explanation, much of it for the lay persons. Uh But they will be there Monday night to explain for the city council. The meeting starts at 5.30, though there's like an executive session, which means that probably the public is excluded. And their agenda item is like on page 9. Yowza. Of 10 pages. So you have to sit through things like curb painting and parking meters. And money for policemen. And money for policemen yeah. and a new fire station and a donation no to the school. And do you think there's any possibility that one young Elon Musk is in this thing presenting for for the boring uh, company? I wouldn't be surprised. That did cross my mind with yeah. Elon show. That would be pretty sweet. I mean, if he wants to get it done, yeah, hard to say no to Elon Musk if he's standing in front of Like, if I'm on the Culver City Council, and I'm not, and Elon comes in, he's like, it's a great idea. I'm going to be 
Mm, yes, it is. You are correct. <laughs> you are correct. It is a great idea. And I want to get more of Elon. Yeah. Well, because they're talking about putting exits from the tube in Culver City. So mm-hmm. if anything is going to like promote business and yeah. jobs and, and commerce, that certainly would. So that would be a tube from Culver City to LAX, a tube that's just like the beginning of the big tube system into the valley. Exactly. Because that would be great because I would love to take the tube to downtown Culver City. Yeah. Come on down and join me for some great grub. Yeah. Grub at the Grub Hub. Yum, yum, yum. As it were. Plus, there's going to be a Cars and Coffee from the Tesla Club Los Angeles at the Malibu Country Mart. Typically, we park right outside of the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf where you can get some coffee. Eh. And that's going to be... That's what they call it. That's what they call it. Terrible. February 11th, Sunday. See you there. There's also going to be a... This is going to drop soon. Ooh. If you like magic. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Of course I like magic. Who doesn't like magic? But I really love the look on your face when I said I didn't. (laughs) I was a magician once. Oh, I mean, I love magic. It's the best. Yeah. Can you make me disappear? My best friend at the time and I, we called ourselves the Masters of Mystery. Oh. Yeah, I remember I had a business card. We went and did birthday parties. That's amazing. That's back when I was a kid. That's awesome. It was a lot of fun. But we're going to go to the Magic Castle. It was so much fun. Hold on a second. Whoa, whoa, back, back up to the triple. I've lived in L.A. my entire life and never been invited to the Magic Castle. Start saving your shekels. Have to pay? Yeah, it's expensive to I'm go there. I'm a celebrity. There. I have my own podcast. <laughs> yeah, my guy. Uh, how much is it, Robert? It was expensive. It was like, I don't know, 75 to 100 bucks per person. Respond, s'il vous plaît. Well, when it gets posted on the Tesla Owners Club Los Angeles website, mm-hmm. you got to jump on it pretty quick because it sells out. I think we only had maybe 40 or 50 people. Mm. You know, it's not a huge place. Yeah. It's an old house. Mm-hmm. And we went in. We had like two or three private shows. Yeah. They were fantastic. Every one of them. Is there food? And there's a brunch. Is it good? Wow. Daytime? Yeah. So it's a daytime, daytime. situation? It's like a Saturday or a Sunday brunch. Nice. Actually, it's a Saturday brunch, March 10th. Magic brunch. Yeah. It's Unfortunately, magical. I have to work in the emergency room. They make your shackle. Oh, your sabbatical's over by then? Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, well. You're bummed. Everybody's got to put in a little sweat equity here and there. <laughs> and so, but this is so much fun. Oh, yeah. And they had like the Magic Castle piece of like this thing uh-huh. up that you could take like pictures as if you were celebrity nobody outside of los angeles has known what we are talking about for the last 15 minutes yeah look up the magic castle yeah. if you're anywhere in the la region you should try and come to this thing but that brings up a good point if there is a tesla owners club in your area there might be look it up they probably have events if they don't have events join it make some events they're super fun cool people around there yeah if you don't have a tesla owners club find 20 teslas sit on the corner i don't know gather them up, figure out a way to take pictures of their license plates and stalk them and make your own Tesla club. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good Tesla club? It's wonderful. Like bacon and tomato and turkey on a Tesla club? Nice. No, that's different. Maybe that's they it. should start selling those up at uh, yeah. Kettleman City where yeah. they have the little cafes. It has to be like vegetarian, vegan versions of clubs well, because you can it's do more vegan, green that way. Yeah, vegan uh, bacon. Mm-hmm. Organic tomato. Shall we end it, Robert? Is that it? Do you want another hour of conversation? No, I want to go outside and I want to play with our cars. Let's 
do it. All right, that's it. Talking Tesla 122 is in the can. We will chat at you again next week. Enjoy your week. Send us your tweets. Send us your emails. Join us on Patreon. Be a patron. Send us your money. Oh, a little update. Young Ryan, if you're still listening, God bless you. Young Ryan is out of the hospital today, which is amazing. And we're very, very grateful that that is happening. Mel continues to take very good care of him and his entire family. Our thoughts are with him. And we will see you or hear us next week. We will hear us next week. And you will hear us next week. Yeah. Au revoir. I'm very confused. It's that. As usual. It's been a long show, right? (laughs) Uh, 122 in the house. Ow! Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenblum. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes. And produced by C.C. Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash Talking Tesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.